Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey there, friend. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress, reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes. We live in a world of information and health gurus, biohackers, and overachievers. But just because we have the access to countless one thing you need to know right now tips doesn't make it easier to size them up and understands which ones will work for you. What if there was one place where you could find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on? where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward, where you don't need to invest hours of your time, just 15 minutes a week. More if you want to take advantage of recorded meditations to keep you centered and create the space to really integrate your mindset and lifestyle upgrades. Are you ready to see what change you can create in your energy level and improve your mood? Ready to discover that stress isn't your enemy and could even become your secret weapon to leverage your success? The Velocity membership is designed to give you the support you're looking for, along with community and tools you can use today to restore your vitality and resilient health. I'm Susie, host of the Happify podcast, a stress resolution coach, and your new cheerleader. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month, whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. This week, I'm so happy to share with you a terrific conversation I shared with Jen Dershock and Dan Laporte. These two are the co-founders and owners of Flow State, practice specializing in stress and anxiety coaching. They come from respectively healing work and personal training backgrounds. And so they bring this all together to share a beautiful, holistic way of working with their clients to help them really get clear on how to put themselves and their needs first in order to have optimal health and well-being. I know you're going to get a lot of great takeaways from this conversation. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to have a great conversation to share with you this week. I am joined by Jen Durchok and her partner, Dan Laporte. They are the co-founders and owners of Flow State, specializing in stress and anxiety coaching. Their life experience and varied careers, including work as a mechanic, bartender, teacher, firefighter, and personal trainer between the two of them, inform the work they now share with clients. 
When they met, Dan was running a very successful personal training studio that offered personal training, group classes, as well as nutrition and lifestyle coaching. While Jen was building a healing practice focused on helping people identify, then work through their life blocks by understanding their core wounds and doing active inner work to heal their limiting beliefs and self-defeating subconscious behaviors. They combine forces to create what is now flow state. Jen and Dan have both found their passion in coaching people to help them heal and grow personally and professionally. Their genius lies in understanding human behavior and in their unique ability to distill complex human problems into simple, easy to understand concepts, which are easy to implement in everyday life. They help clients to gain more awareness around their limiting beliefs and behaviors by building a better relationship with themselves and helping them identify their needs, triggers, and subconscious conditioning. With this awareness, their clients are able to overcome roadblocks, create more happiness, achieve better relationships, and successfully attain their career goals. So I think it's easy to see why I feel so aligned with the work that these two are doing up in Canada. I'm passionate about recognizing the issues of stress and anxiety, but certainly I love how the two of you, Jen and Dan, are digging down into the stuff that's beneath the waterline, if you will, the things that we don't tend to be aware of and these blocks that hold us back. So thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. Awesome. And I'm excited about the work that you're doing. So, and as a multi-potentialite myself, I've had a very long and varied kind of history of different careers. So I think that it's terrific how that brings so much more to the table. So perhaps to start off, could you both give me a little bit of information how you ended up in your current iteration in your coaching work before you joined forces to create Flow State? So it's really interesting, actually. I was a mechanic for 15 years and I really enjoyed the trade. I didn't enjoy the industry. And so I realized really quickly the stress and sort of anxiety and pressure that came with it and realized I was going to have to make a change. But while I was a mechanic, I did realize that I liked teaching people and I liked helping people. So that was kind of one of the main takeaways I got from from being a mechanic. And I moved into personal training just from sort of by accident. I was into fitness and into um, strength sports and people wanted to sort of sort of looked to me to help teach them. And so I sort of refound that passion in something that was new and exciting. So I became a personal trainer, opened Left Mechanics, opened my own gym and ran that for several years. And that was when I started to learn sort of before meeting Jen that it was people were getting in their own way a lot. And even if they had everything that they needed in front of them, they wouldn't necessarily use it. And so it started to sort of gear up this new sort of want to coach people in a different aspect. Uh, and then when Jen came along with her sort of experience, it sort of just skyrocketed from there. For myself, I actually started out going to university to be a teacher. I'm a qualified high school teacher and kind of the same idea. I really like teaching, don't necessarily like teaching in the education system. And then from there, we have kind of just been searching for what fits for me. So then I got really interested in firefighting. Did that for a little while, ended up getting hurt. So I got hired, got hurt. And then that ended up turning into kind of a giant depression. And in pulling myself out of that, I did a lot of inner work. I started doing a lot of like energy work and healing and got into personal training. I'd always had an interest in 
fitness and nutrition, but I got, I got even more into it. And then I started doing personal training and that's kind of how I met Dan. And through the inner work that I had been doing, I kind of started my own business, which rolled into just coaching people on doing the same thing that I was doing and then joined forces. And here we are. I love it. I think that's terrific when our own experience is able to inform. I mean, it helps us see the issues that other people are struggling with, right? Just like you're saying, like it's it's not a complicated process to start turning things around to make a shift. And yet taking action, taking that first step without getting overwhelmed or psyching ourselves out of the game is such a big hurdle. A lot of people never make it past that first one. Yeah. A lot of times I find it's just figuring out what the first step is to take. That's where a lot of people get stuck. And so that's one of the things that both Dan and I are really passionate about is just helping people get get through that first stage, that first fear stage process of even taking action. And then once you get rolling, it just builds momentum and keep going. I think that's really powerful. So, and I know I've got a whole list of questions already, but we're still like, I'm inspired just by what you're saying already. So what is this fear stage or state that we get into that immobilizes us where we are stuck and probably in pain with the situation we're in right now? So I think it's great because I think that like there's different steps to that process. And I think that the first one is actually seems to be a theme recently is, is like reflecting on what that fear is and then where it comes from. And then there's sort of a two-stage process. One is sort of analyzing, is this fear rational at first? Because sometimes it's irrational and we can sort of put it to bed right away. And then sometimes it is rational. And then if it is, then you're sort of forced with, sort of two possibilities. One is, like you said, you don't get started because you just let it keep you from taking the first action step. Or two, you realize that it's going to be a hard road and you you determine the action steps. And as you determine the action steps, that fear tends to fade away because you know where to put your first foot to get going, if that makes sense. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's totally true. We get overwhelmed by looking at how far we have to go, not knowing all of the steps we need to take to get to our goal and lose sight of it. It just takes one step. Just make one step every day in that direction that you want to be moving yourself towards. And you're going to start seeing the changes that then builds that momentum. Exactly. Awesome. So what do you find are some of the most impactful things that people can do for themselves in order to help them reduce stress, since that's my jam? and build resilience, which I think we all have hold in kind of equal respect and high regard. For us, the biggest things that we feel that people can do are learning how to set intentions, as well as learning how to reflect on themselves, life situations, relationships with other people. Another big step for us is self-care, as well as the last big one for us is communication. So learning the proper communication skills, which require both listening and being able to speak clearly. And I'll say concisely, but like learning how to speak in a way that you're saying exactly what you're trying to say, because there's a lot of misunderstanding that often happens with communications, which is where you get bogged down because somebody gets information that you didn't actually mean to give. So those are probably the three things that, that have the biggest impact. Yeah, we definitely, it can be difficult to get through that filter that other people are listening through, right? And it's influenced by so many other things, other input that they've gotten, other research that they've done, usually online, and gone down that rabbit hole. And this kind of like 
I'll try this and maybe this will work in kind of a scattershot approach that doesn't start moving them forward, which I think then leads to some of that fear, right? Well, I've tried it before. It didn't work. How is this different? So I love that you lead off with intention and reflection. I think that, and this is something that I discover more and more as I'm talking with people and exploring where they're at and where they want to go is how many people are not clear on exactly what they want to create or cultivate, like getting clear on that intention. No wonder it's such an important initial step. Yeah. So how do you lead people to get clear on that? So although we said intention and reflection, I think that reflection comes first. I think that we need to live our experiences in order to realize what we do and don't like. And once we've lived an experience, I think for the most part, a lot of people sort of go through their lives without doing any reflection. So they know they don't like something, but they don't understand why. And so without understanding why and having that awareness, we can't really move forward any further. So we start with reflection and building self-awareness to be aware of what it is that we really want and not what it is that we may be conditioned to want. So, um, and once we can get that hurdle out of the way, which can be a big hurdle, then we move into like the action steps, which would be setting the intentions. So once we've realized that, let's say we don't want to get started on this project because we're scared of not having enough money. Okay. Well, we hold, we've now discovered why it is that we're scared of getting started. We can now look at what is the rational, like what are the rational reasons and what can we do about them? And then you start to see your action steps. And once you have your action steps, you have your intentions. You just need to lay them out and prioritize them, lay them out in the order that you want to do them, and then stick to them ultimately. Sticking to them and laying them out and sticking to them will save a lot of stress. Yes, definitely. And I think that kind of brings clarity and helps you set priorities when everything is just kind of in a soup. I know everything I should be doing, but (laughs) <laughs> I've only got this much juice, right? This much willpower as I start the day. So how am I going to use that to my best advantage? Yeah. And I love what you're saying too about the value of reflection. You really have to put that first before you just start painting a pretty picture, right? In terms of what it is that you're afraid of as well as what it is you're trying to create. So I think that is really important and something that, you know, it takes a little bit of time. You know, it takes some meditation or mindfulness. It takes a little bit of guidance and people want to just like, but I'm motivated today. I want to take action today. So maybe I can just skip that because I'm pretty sure I know what I want <laughs> without acknowledging why it hasn't worked before. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that you said that's really important is that it like the soup that you're talking about is full often of things that you don't even actually want. So you've been brought up to think that you want XYZ, be it getting married, having children, having this house, having this kind of career, whatever it is that you've been conditioned to want by other people, it's sifting through those things and seeing if those things even match what's inside you to what you're actually passionate about. Because if you're trying to set intentions for something that you're not actually passionate about, you're not going to have any motivation to do those things. Mm -hmm. So you're going to find that you that's what's going to block you is the fact that you don't even want that in the first place. So it's going to be really hard to never mind get started, but continue on with something like that. Yeah. And this is uh, such so much value in that process and getting clear and checking in and staying current, right? Because even when we get clear after some reflection and say, okay, these are my priorities, they can shift. Life changes. So we keep coming back to that. I love that. So you also talked about self-care, which I think is powerful because I like to say self-care isn't selfish. 
you know, it might take time away from the people that we love or other things we feel we should be doing. However, it's so fundamental and restorative. And I think it's easy for it to get a bad rap because it's got this, the wrappings, right? Of self-care means going to the spa for the day or doing this, right? Instead of it being really kind of a manifestation of self-love. Like I love myself, I make myself a priority and this is how I care for myself. This is what I require. So how do you share that with your folks? One of the things that I like to use an analogy, just being, I can either use like a cup filled with water or whatever you want to fill it with or a battery, like often I find myself lately using like a cell phone as a good example. So if you're a cell phone and you have like a certain amount of battery life, you're going to be able to work until that battery ends. If you don't charge that battery, are you going to be able to continue using that phone? Obviously not. (laughs) We've all had that happen. We've all had our phones die on us. So what you need to think of self-care is, what you think need to think of self-care as, is that you're just taking time to charge the battery. So you can't give what you don't have. And if you're not charging the battery, you don't have any energy to give to other people. And that's often when you're going to find yourself being super irritable, snapping, just being angry for no reason, getting really upset for no reason. And it all it requires sometimes is like taking a nap, which is also (laughs) self-care. Exactly. You struggle through the whole day, like a 10 minute nap would turn the whole ship around, but you're just going to power through and struggle with focus and irritability and everything else. And all you need to is tune in and say like, wow, <laughs> a nap, a healthy lunch instead of a fast food lunch, you know, whatever, whatever shape that is. 20 minute walk, whatever it is that you're doing just to recharge and give yourself some me time, some of that self-love, and then you're ready to go for another however long. Yeah. Well, it's just like the perfect thing you said earlier is self-care keeps you out of the soup. Yeah. Right. And we, unfortunately, we're not like cell phones that we could just plug in and keep working on. Like we literally have to stop until it's fully charged again. So, but it it is, it's a process that takes practice and it takes getting to know yourself to know what you need and when you need it. And then it takes uh, self-worth to know, to give it to yourself and prioritize yourself over others, which is not something we're taught to do in this, in our lifetime anyways, we haven't been taught to do. Yeah, so true. So true. I mean, we're shaped by the expectations of parents, of teachers, and then we're expected to go right into work and keep on checking the boxes in that regard. So it is, it's something that a lot of us have never had the opportunity to learn or even see modeled successfully, how important it is to put ourselves first so that we have more to give to the people and the projects that we want to. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Self-care keeps you out of the soup. I'm going to, I'm going to keep working on that. I think, I think there's a lot there. That's cool. (laughs) I agree. And so where do you see communication coming into it or how do you facilitate that? So communication, like they're kind of in, we've kind of listed them in the form intention and reflection are part of self-care, but you can't really communicate properly until you reflect on what it is that you even want to communicate, if that makes sense. And a lot of people, one of the issues that they run into when it comes to communication is communicating what they actually need from another person. And so that's really important in figuring out exactly what your needs are and then figuring out an appropriate way to communicate that with somebody and developing those skills, like those skills aren't, aren't really taught either. So developing those skills is super important in being able to meet your own needs because boundaries is also a part of communication, right? And boundaries are a part of self-care. So it helps to be able to to communicate them effectively and not just 
<laughs> right? Yeah. If you push through too far, yeah. it all just lands <laughs> in a big mess. I think everyone, every everything everyone is sharing is bang on. I think that like when it comes to understanding needs, there it's easier for some people and harder for others. And when it comes to communication, like just like Jen said, if you're not aware of what your needs are, and if you're one of those people who's not, and it tends to be men, I think, but it, women, it is for the same for some women, and it depends on the regard or the aspect or whatever we're talking about. But if you're unaware of communicating what you need, but you're listening to what the others need, you may think you're getting done, like you're, you're doing what you need to be doing, but you're not, you're not doing it from the right place. If all one person in a relationship ever does is worry about meeting the needs of the other and not their own, and they're not able to, because they're not able to communicate because they don't know what they are, or they feel scared to communicate what they're feeling, that creates a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I haven't raised children. I have a beautiful stepdaughter that was fully grown when I came into the relationship that I'm in. And so I speak with zero authority, but it seems to me that I think that's so empowering when you are in relationship or you're raising a family and you're able to demonstrate that your health and well-being is so important and therefore theirs is too, right? When you can model that you get to communicate your needs, you get to make your self-care a priority, that's huge for the people in your life so that they too can start taking on that authority. Completely agree. It's definitely one of the things that hasn't really been modeled, at least in my experience throughout my life. Self-care was never really one of the things that was modeled. It was more the traditional roles of men and women is what was modeled. So that's what I grew up thinking was normal. And everything changes when you start taking care of yourself. Everything changes. Yes. Yeah. And so that's really the perfect place before you start adding more layers and complication to it is if you have that opportunity to get really clear and to put yourself first, right? as early as possible, then the relationships you enter into and cultivate all come from that place. You're centered and grounded and strong. And those relationships serve you rather than draining you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited that we're finally getting to chat. I'm glad that we were connected. So what are some like small steps? So we've talked about a lot, some important concepts. People might want to go back and listen again, because this is juicy stuff. How would you suggest if people are inspired to get started or take action, how can they incorporate some of these processes into their daily routines? The first starting point for us whenever we start with anyone new, any new clients or just ourselves in particular is, is a morning practice. And Jen's morning practice looks pretty different from mine. Some aspects are fairly similar and some are different. And this comes back to everyone having different needs and, and being willing to give yourself what you need. And taking the time to reflect on what, what you need in that aspect. So each of our morning practices includes a gratitude, a gratitude practice. So we do, we do three things we're grateful for. It can be quick or it can be long. We like to write. So sometimes it can be a little long, but essentially that's a form of reflection on what you appreciated of, you know, today or yesterday. And it sort of helps get you, you know, helps build that charge, that battery for, you know, moving forward. We do affirmations, so you can do as many or as little as you want. They can be short or they can be long. So we do affirmations in there. And that's, again, just sort of reflecting on what is the story that's in my head and what is the story that I, what do I want it to look like moving forward? And so we, we write those out. And then we have, we'll set our intentions. So our intention, uh, it's 
self-care intention queen. (laughs) (laughs) What I've started doing with myself, so my morning practice has kind of evolved over the few years that I've been doing a morning practice. And it started out really small with just the three gratitudes. That's all I started with. But since incorporating daily intentions in, I found that it just helps set in your brain what you want to do for that day. So if you're writing down like, these are the three specific things that I want to get done today, anything else is just icing on the cake, then you feel that sense of accomplishment when you get those three things done. And the way that my morning practice has evolved recently is that I'll have like a work intentions and a self-care intentions. So for every work intention that I put down, I also have a self-care and I kind of bounce back and forth between the two. So I'll do something for work, something for self-care and kind of go throughout my day doing that. And I found it's, it's working really well to keep me balanced. Beautiful. I love that. Making a priority in the self-care, not just letting it fill in around the edges. Yeah, it's you're setting an intention to do that. So you're always an important Taking care of yourself is always an important piece of your day straight from the beginning. Awesome. And I think that's so powerful. I struggle with being consistent about a morning practice. And so I can still see very clearly the difference in the days when I get it done and the days when I think, oh, I've got too much. I'm just going to dive in. I know what I've got to knock out. I'm totally scattered. My focus is shot. I don't feel at the end of the day like I've been able to cross things off my list the same way that I do when I take some time and just get centered and say, okay, this is what matters. The rest can be icing, like you say. Like, we'll start with the basics. And the only other last piece to a morning practice that we do, and this isn't necessarily, we try and do it every morning, but sometimes sometimes it ends up being like a nighttime ritual or whatever. But usually daily, we try and do some form of reflection. Even if it's just like a little piece of like, this happened yesterday, this is something I could have done better, or this is something I would like to look at, or even just writing a question for like a journal entry for the next day, something that pops up throughout the day, oh, I should maybe investigate this feeling a little bit more, and just incorporate the reflection right into your morning practice. Yes, I love it. So we've got gratitudes, affirmation, intention, and reflection. That's like powerful foundation right there. I love that. And like you said, wherever it fits, I mean, if the reflection comes up a little later in the day, you know, as long as it's something you keep in mind, wherever that fits and serves you, because we do, we get into this, this frenetic pace, and then we start repeating the same mistakes, right? Or or just operating from habit, recognizing it's not the best, but not putting that reflection into how can we optimize this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because so much of what we do comes from habit. So it can be hard to start moving the needle. But as you get a little more comfortable and confident in that, it makes space for other things to shift to. So I think a big part is helping people not psych themselves out up front. Oh, morning practice. I never have time anyway. How am I going to add this to my day? This is why I found just starting when I originally first started doing a morning practice, I literally just set three things that I was grateful for aside. And I think the first three things I ever said I was grateful for, like I was grateful for my bed. I was grateful for coffee and I was grateful for showers. Like that's it. It's, it literally takes 20 seconds to write those down. And then just as you get more comfortable with it and you feel more comfortable giving yourself that time in the morning and noticing, like you were saying, the difference between when you do do it and when you don't, as that starts to kind of solidify, it makes it easier to just add a little bit more in when you're ready. It's kind of a trial and error process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are different formulas out there. There's a million dollar morning, you know, a lot of really successful people swear by their morning practice, but if it doesn't work for you, you won't do it. So whatever form it takes is really what's going to be the best 
for you. And this is a great time to get it going, right? The year is young. Let's keep those intentions strong and keep self first. Mm. Yeah. Set some good self-care intentions for the new year. Yes. And so you two had something that you are kind enough to be willing to share with our listeners. So can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. So we are offering a 30-minute uh, coaching session. Basically, we keep it nice and short and the try to get to sort of know what's going on and get whatever tips and tricks in that we can. A little bit of reflection at the beginning, because oftentimes that's the most important part. And then we, we lay out a couple of action steps, same as we talked about, reflection, intention, and then action step. And we sort of tackle one sort of pesky problem. Nice. And start moving the needle. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's so powerful. I mean, it might seem like 30 seconds is rushed and where's the part where I'm going to get sold. But the thing is, this is a really awesome way to get some benefit. I mean, you cover the key points that we were talking about, the reflection, you know, a couple in action step to tackle one thing, right? To start small and make sure it's, it serves you and an opportunity to just have a conversation and see if it's a good fit if you decide to move forward or just start with one thing and see what space that creates to to move on to next. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. I love it. You're so generous. Thank you for that. I will have the link for that in the show notes. And then too, if people want to keep up with you on social media, where can they find you? We are at uh, flowstate.ca on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And I think I saw some videos on Instagram too. So you guys are great about sharing content and keeping stuff going. Yeah. Awesome. Terrific. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, no. I think that was amazing. Yeah, we had a blast. We this feel is complete. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe I'll get you guys to come back and join me again. We can continue this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I love the work that you're doing, the whole comprehensive approach to it. A lot of people might recognize their body needs help, but want to fast forward on, you know, the spiritual balance. And so keeping that all integrated and moving it forward together, I think is where people are going to see some really profound shifts happen. So thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. Thank you. Very it's been a treat. Thank you both for your time. Wishing you very well in the holiday season. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.